0: This is the Mark Madden Unfiltered Podcast from the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again everybody and welcome to another edition of the Mark Madden Podcast on the Bet Rivers Podcast Network. I'm going to open up with my top three list today except I've expanded it to a top four list. It's the top four things in sports I'm exhausted by. It was tough cutting it down to four and there's no way to get down to three. Number four, I'm exhausted by the talk that the Pirates are going to sign Brian Reynolds any day now. That's been said for over a year. Number three, the Jarry injury situation is also exhausting. Now it's his back. I'm a back. Casey DeSmith going to play tonight, Tuesday, as we tape this at Detroit. If he plays well, I say keep letting him play. Number two. Aaron Rodgers being traded to the New York Jets. When's it going to happen? And number one, with a bullet, as in I think I might put one in my head, Lamar Jackson asking to be traded. Bro, any team could have you right now for two first-round draft picks. That was as of the Ravens putting you on the non-exclusive franchise tag weeks ago. You're technically a free agent, but... Ain't nobody knocking because ain't nobody wanting. Uh, The NCAA tournament did not make my list, but it is so tedious. Uh, No big brand names in the Final Four. Either San Diego State or Florida American is going to be in the final. It's just something I, well, you know, full disclosure, I didn't watch any games up till the Final Four, and this year I'll break my usual tradition, and not watch the Final Four either. I'm joined now by my co-host, Tom Offerman. Tom, let's talk about some of the things that are exhausting me. What about the Reynolds free agent talk? Uh, We've literally been hearing, uh, not free agent rather, that he is going to sign a long-term contract any day now. He's scheduled to hit free agency in 2026. If he was going to sign, wouldn't he have signed by now? Do you believe he even wants to sign? And if he does sign, will he sign away any of his free agency?
1: Uh, he definitely doesn't want to sign here. He's made it well known that he would rather not play for this organization. I
0: mean, he asked to be traded. I know. We we just overlooked that he asked to be traded and and keep on with this 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 Pollyannic outlook of oh he's gonna sign any day now.
1: It's amazing to me that Pirates fans continue to just fall into the same trap over and over. It, it, it and doesn't over amaze me and and because over they're stupid. Yeah, clearly, because it's the same song, different dance, different player now with Brian Reynolds. Oh, yeah, we want to sign him. The owner is out there saying how badly he wants to get a deal done. Like, Nutting's at home losing sleep at night because they can't sign Reynolds. Dude, you can sign Reynolds tomorrow. It's just exhausting that people continue to fall for it. That's the part that frustrates me.
0: That's a good point. This is on the people and Bob Nutting, and, and certainly nothing to do with Brian Reynolds because, as you say, Tom, he's made his intentions clear. What about the Jari injury situation? Would you give DeSmith a a run of games? Uh, Jari's the superior talent, but DeSmith definitely battles. He battled real hard in in that uh, dramatic 4-3 win uh, against Washington at PPG this past Saturday. And while he didn't have a great third period as Washington rallied from three zipped on to tie the game— He kept the Penguins in there for the first 40 minutes, and again, he battles.
1: Yeah, I think you got to stay with DeSmith. This year alone, I I know Jari overall is a superior talent, but when he's been healthy this year in the random spurts that he has been healthy, would you say he's been that superior of a talent over DeSmith?
0: Well, the save percentages are almost identical. Okay. And and Jari's goals against average is like a tenth of a goal better, which is negligible. So forget about talent. Let's look at the numbers and let's look at the availability.
1: And DeSmith crushes him in the availability aspect. and. Correct me if I'm wrong here, but that
0: said, that said, when DeSmith Smith is overworked, he sometimes true. gets injured too.
1: So we could be getting close to that line right here as well. But well, it's, which
0: which which reminds us of the real villain. It's Hextall, right. For for not fixing an obvious goaltending problem that carried over from last year because it was allowed to.
1: And it seems to me, you mentioned how two really good periods against the Caps, and then one not so good period in the third period, but. Doesn't it seem like DeSmith is making the big saves every once in a while where Jari just was not? And I know Jari played really well against the Avs right before he got hurt and couldn't play against the Stars, but it just seems like DeSmith makes the weightier saves more often than Jari has been lately. And maybe that's what you need for a team like this.
0: I think that's true, but full disclosure, uh, he got caught out of his net trying to overcut down the angle, which he does uh, frequently to compensate for his lack of size. And that resulted, you know, to some degree, the first and third goals Washington scored. But again, he battles. He's available. You can rally around Casey DeSmith if you're the Penguins' locker room. You can't rally around a question mark, which is what Tristan Jari is.
1: Yeah, no question. And whoever plays in net, I think the team's going to score four or five goals if they want to have a good chance to win the game. That's just the state of the goaltending situation right now. You got to ride with the Smith, like you said. He's playing tonight. We all know what happened tonight. Probably by the time you're listening to this, if he wins, ride him again against Nashville. Because in these next four games, if
0: he plays well and loses, I might still ride him against Nashville.
1: Yeah. In these next four games, eight points possible. They got to get six points.
0: And and you can't let Tristan Jari just think, okay, whenever you're fine, buddy, (laughs) we'll stick you right back in there. There's there's got to be some accountability on his part too. When you've been hurt five times in a year, you know it's on. The injured, not just bad luck. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still not a Jet. Could the Jets be having second thoughts? Could they go after Lamar? If I were them, I would I would do my diligence and call Lamar. Except who do you call, Meek Mill?
1: That's what I find so interesting about both of those scenarios is now that Lamar is, I guess, officially on the trade market now because he said so. Even though the Ravens had put him on the market since March seventh with the tag. Why not call and see if you can get Lamar for two? F- maybe the Packers are asking for more than two first-round draft picks right now for Rodgers well, and no, not no, budgeting on that. There's a report
0: today that they're only going to get uh, two second-round draft picks with one that would go up to a first if he plays more than one year.
1: Okay, well then if I were the Jets, I would much rather do that and get Rodgers than have to sacrifice two first-round picks for Jackson. It's tough to see which quarterback I'd rather have, though. Maybe,
0: maybe I'd offer a first and a second for Jackson.
1: And see if the Ravens will take that.
0: Yeah, because you're having Jackson for more than just one or two years, which is the most you're going to get out of Rodgers. What, what, and, and they'll be sick of Rodgers after a couple months.
1: What real incentive do the Ravens have to move Lamar Jackson, though? Uh, to get draft picks back and to get something for him instead of him walking for nothing. Yeah, but like, is he going to walk away from $2 million a week this year if you just keep him and say you have to play under the tag? Tom,
0: this stopped being about money a long time ago, and now it's about uh, vanity and ego. Uh, Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. That's what Lamar Jackson wants. If you offered him $230 million plus $1 guaranteed, he'd take it. He'd take it. $230 million minus $1 guaranteed, he would not. He wants what Deshaun Watson got, period.
1: It would just be so unfortunate for him to walk away then. If he does go down this road where the Ravens don't move him and he has to play for them and he says, I'm not playing this year.
0: I hope his career gets as mangled as humanly possible from here on out. I, I wallowed in it when it happened to Le'Veon Bell, and I'm going to wallow in it if it happens to Lamar Jackson because I'm I'm sorry. Like when Lamar Jackson said, I made the decision for, quote-unquote, my family, the Ravens offered him $133 million guaranteed. That would cover his family for a while. This is about ego and vanity.
1: Yeah, and again, I get that you want to get as much money up front as possible because you never know what's going to happen, especially for a player like him. He might get hurt. And he might not get that third contract. But what happened to the days of, I'll take this $133 million, I know I'm great, I'm going to stay healthy, and then after these four years are up, I'm going to re-up again and get another $130 million guaranteed. Like Kirk Cousins does. Exactly.
0: MVP Kirk Cousins.
1: He took franchise tags, bet on himself, knew he'd stay healthy, knew he'd be comparable enough of a quarterback to get another contract and look at where he is now.
0: Well, part of it is that Lamar Jackson's is not represented by an agent and combined with the fact that he's not an adult, it, it's just you know killing this whole scenario. He's got his mom, Meek Mill, some street agent. He's got to grow up in a big way before this gets resolved.
1: Yeah, I mean the NFL having to come out as a league and tell teams not to negotiate with this person because he's not a certified yeah, the agent, street the agent. street agent. That's just a terrible look for Lamar Jackson.
0: Now, um, so that's the, the top uh, four list. Back to top three next week. Um, now, you watch the NCAA tournament a lot, right? I love
1: the NCAA tournament, uh, yeah. Okay,
0: do you like what's happened here?
1: This year is a bit bizarre, I will admit that. A bit? I, I do like it, um, but I do concede it's not as good when you get to this point and you have Florida Atlantic versus San Diego State. Miami versus UConn doesn't bother me that much. And UConn's interesting to me because you're right. There's no big blue blood brands in there, but UConn might be like that team right underneath the blue blood brands. If they win this year, which I think they have a pretty good chance to— They'll tie Duke and Indiana for the most titles of all time. In well, right, but,
0: but their profile declined as the Big East profile declined. Probably. Because everybody left and they stayed.
1: But at the same time now, they could be the leader of this rejuvenation of the Big East that we're seeing. You know, with the Georgetown and Providence rivalry, so you got bad blood there, and I, I, now I, Connecticut's I, the flag bearer.
0: I'd love to see it. I'd love even more to see Pitt go back, but Ugh,
1: that's, that's not, not going to happen. happen
0: because football drives the bus. Now either San Diego State or Florida American is going to be in the final. Can you name one player from either of those teams off the top of your head?
1: No, I can't.
0: Well, there you go. That 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 that, that is all the people need to know. Now, conversely,
1: but To be fair for me now, college sports especially since NIL started, they're just pieces of laundry as opposed to actual well, players. Well, to me, now. I
0: just don't watch. No, I mean, I don't. I know. You're you're, here laughing. I just don't. I mean, I've reached a point where there's certain stuff I I don't want to watch. Well, no, let me rephrase that. I've decided as I get older, I want to watch less.
1: Right. And I want to watch
0: more of what I like. And I don't like this, so I don't watch it at all. But conversely, the TV ratings are way up. Why do you think that is?
1: I think people do love the Cinderella, and I just think that it's inevitable drama when you have just Game Seven after Game Seven after Game Seven after Game Seven. You, you get
0: that every year, though, right? I mean, this year got it with no brand names, and essentially three small conference teams.
1: I guess it would just tell you that people are sick of the brand names. I guess that's the one thing that you would have but, to drop. But, draw I, but from I don't that. think
0: they are. I'm curious to see I, what the Final Four TV ratings are as a standalone.
1: Okay. I think the UConn Miami game, which is the later game, will definitely outrate the first game, San Diego State and Florida Atlantic. I think people are just, could care less about what happens in that game. Um, With the brands, though, you're right. Like the perfect Final Four to me, like UConn and Miami are fine. If you could trade out like a Florida Atlantic and put like a Duke or a Kansas in there, Playing San Diego State, then I think you're okay.
0: And then you then you get to like a name final, right? Exactly. Yeah, and then I, I you can pitch little
1: David versus Goliath in the Final Four with San Diego State versus the Kansas or something. Well, like part that. of it is
0: with the, with the transfer window and and such easy player movement. Every the whole tournament was random, uh, and uh, and like people talk about how Pitt is going to you know have a good program. Now we don't know that. We don't know who's going to be back and yeah, who's there's coming a lot of changeover already. Who's going to leave? Like those two twins with the hyphenated name, they're very marketable. They might wind up someplace uh, of richer ilk. So so it, it's just so random, and I think it'll remain random. Now, if I were the coach of these four teams remaining, and, and you can't say it to your locker room because, again, like I just said, the locker room will change so much between now and <laughs> next year, let alone two years down the
1: road, right? Right, even for those teams. Like, Florida Atlantic guys, they'll jump to bigger programs because of this run.
0: But I would say, I would say to myself, anyway not that the coach can impact you know based on on wanting something badly that's <laughs> up to the players but but I'd be thinking okay this is my only chance to win the whole thing my only chance and my school's only chance maybe the coach can go somewhere else this is the only chance these four teams I bet won't be back in a final four between them for, for the next 10 years
1: I kind of just push back on UConn with that one, though. Because UConn has been able to sustain success after Jim Calhoun, after the Big East. When's the last time they
0: were in the Final Four?
1: 2014, they won the title. So, like, they've done it recently, within the past decade, I just I feel like that's the one I'd bet on getting back. But as far as the other ones are concerned, and to be honest with you, it's so hard to win the NCAA tournament that even for UConn you'd have to think that way. But like Laranaga at Miami, whoever's coaching Florida Atlantic, whoever's coaching San Diego State, this is their one shot at glory. Like Larenaga's not going to get a better job because he's in his 70s. He's done at Miami, but this is it for Miami. Miami ain't ever going to be this good ever again.
0: Hell, that 70-year-old guy, Larenaga, he might not make it to... To, to, to Houston? Yeah, to, to next year's practices, I was going to say, but yeah, maybe not even to Houston. Uh, uh, so anyway, the final four, I don't care. I won't be watching. Don't expect me to talk about it. Uh, okay, what do what we got for Five Guys?
1: Today's Five Guys, I'm very excited for today's Five Guys. These are famous movie drunks, so just characters in movies that were just pretty much drunk off their ass the entire time. Number five, we've got Doc Holliday, Val Kilmer's character in Tombstone.
0: I'm surprised he's ranked only number five. He, he might. She
1: probably should be higher now that you, th- you mentioned that.
0: And and the 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 skit he did with Johnny Ringo with the shot glass. I'm so glad you brought that up. That, that was the that, scene
1: I was going to bring up.
0: That that was that was the epitome of his
1: drunkenness. Should I hate him? I think I should hate him.
0: Apparently, Mister Ringo's an educated man. <laughs> now I really hate him. Okay, so yeah, Doc Colony, I mean That's. I, I doubt that any of your next four will outdo probably. Him, but go ahead.
1: Number f- actually, I think you will agree that some of them will. Number four, I've got Walter Matthau or Billy Bob Thornton as Morris the Blade Buttermaker in Bad News Bears.
0: I haven't watched. I never watched the Billy Bob Thornton one.
1: It's really good, and that's the one that I actually watched more because I was in like fifth grade when it came out, so I was well. how to how it.
0: How, uh, how evident is their drunkenness?
1: In the remake, and I can speak to that one more. Like I said, because I've seen it more than the Mathew one, it's very evident. Like there's a scene where Billy Bob Thornton pulls up to the practice field and is dumping non-alcoholic beers out on the sidewalk, and then pouring alcoholic beers into the non-alcoholic beers. Oh,
0: that would take that would take all the all the not fizz, but you know what I mean. All the they'd be flat.
1: Well, he's just trying to get a buzz.
0: Oh, he could he could do that with shots. It'd be you, you could ditch the charade. Okay, number three.
1: <laughs> number three, Dennis Hopper's character, Shooter and Hoosiers. Yeah, but then he stopped drinking. Stopped drinking, of course, which but shows, then he relapsed.
0: Which shows lack of commitment to being a drunk. Yeah, he did relapse, then he went to the hospital to dry out, jumped up and down on a bed. A true drunk would have jumped up and down on a bed, like broke his leg or something. <laughs>
1: Well, our next character is a true drunk. Denzel Washington's character, Whip Whitaker, in the movie Flight. You see the movie Flight? Oh,
0: is that the one where he...
1: He can't fly unless he's messed up.
0: But, like, he pulls some stunt to, like, roll the plane over. Yeah, they go upside
1: down. Like, he inverts it to land. So
0: it doesn't crash as bad as it would have, and he saves a lot of lives. He saves
1: a lot of lives, but he's drunk off his ass when he does
0: it. And isn't Beth Dutton in that movie, too? The redhead? Yeah, she is for sure. I think you're right. She's the heroin
1: addict. I know John Goodman is the drug guy, too, because they need to get him right for court, so they need to get some coke. John Goodman's the guy that like rolls down the hallway with the briefcase and rolls into the room after he has the (laughs) bender, because remember, he breaks into the hotel room's minibar and gets drunk off his ass when he's trying to sober up, and they get him the coke for the trial.
0: Yeah, I was amazed, because like when when the plane starts to get in trouble... I saw that movie just recently, by the way. Oh, nice. Uh, When the plane starts to get in trouble you know and he's like literally passed out and then he snaps to and the adrenaline takes over and he thinks his way out of everybody dying
1: i know it's tremendous
0: like he goes upside down so when the plane's in a dive it's actually going up a little bit before the sensors recalibrate it was it was just brilliant
1: and he was drunk the entire time which is like doc ellis pitching a no hitter on lsd you get extra credit for doing that drunk and then number one, which is, I think you would rank him above Doc Holliday. So if you could do this, I bet Doc Holliday would be two. And then number one would be Tom Hanks, Jimmy Dugan, in A League of Their Own. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but he sobered up, too.
1: I guess that's true. Yeah, he does come around at the end.
0: Okay, there's one you left out that I'll get to in a second. Yeah. But uh, my favorite scene in um, among many, because A League of Their Own was brilliant. Yes. But one of my favorite scenes where Gary Marshall as a very thinly disguised P.K. Wrigley, you know, the, the, Mr. Harvey, the owner of Harvey Bars, as opposed to Mr. Wrigley, the owner of Wrigley's Gum. When, uh, when, when he goes to uh, Jimmy Dugan, he goes, Jimmy, let me be blunt: Are you still a fall down drunk? And and Tom Hanks goes, well, that's certainly blunt, Mr. Harvey. <laughs> And the answer is no. Can't afford it.
1: <laughs> I always loved the scene where, who who was the lady that was like watching over the ladies? You know what oh, I mean? The, they got, the, the woman they poisoned. Yeah, exactly. So she, they could go out. She tries to wake Jimmy Dugan up because the bus driver quits, And clicks, he and he makes out with her and he's like, ah! And he's like, why are not we moving? And then he, drunk, gets behind the wheel of the bus and drives him the rest of the way.
0: And says, by the way, I loved you in The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> uh, okay, that
1: concludes Five Guys. Now, wait, who was the guy that you said I left off? Oh, oh,
0: right. Uh, Billy Bob Thornton in Bad Santa. You see,
1: I was going to put him on there, but I said I was going to use him as Morris the Blade, so I didn't want to put two Billy Bob. He's just so so over the top
0: as a drunk in in, in Bad Santa. Okay, uh, there was some Steeler news. Tomlin says Mitch Trubisky will be back as the backup. That's a good move. I I think he's steady, and he played well coming off the bench, like against Tampa. I, I, I don't think you look at just who the best quarterback is. I think you look at a guy who's performed well in relief. Because that's a unique circumstance, and, and he's done that.
1: I think Mitch Trubisky coming back as the backup might be the difference between them making the playoffs and not. Because I think Kenny Pickett's going to get hurt. I think he's going to have to play at least one game, and I think he's good enough to make you have that win that maybe instead of going 9-8, and eight, you go 10-7 and seven and you get that wild card spot. Mark
0: my words, too. There will be a game, e- either you know from game start or during the game, where Kenny Pickett is relieved by Mitch Trubisky, or Trubisky starts a game. Where, yeah, okay, he's hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they don't bench him, but they say he's hurt because, you know, I mean, I don't think Pickett's going to just make these giant nonstop strides. I I don't think he's good enough to do that. I think they'll stick with him, but but I think their primary goal is to make the playoffs.
1: Yes, and I I think you need Mitch Trubisky to do that. And, again, as a lot of Pittsburgher fans do, conveniently glossing over things that might worry you. He had two concussions last year, Kenny Pickett. And I know Tomlin was saying at the owners' meetings, I'm comfortable with my tackle spot. Really? Because that's two times that your quarterback got two concussions in the one season, and that's not exactly a track record that you want to continue to go down. So I think he's going to get hurt at least once, or for at least one game in this upcoming season, and you're going to need Mitch to help you win it.
0: Uh, I liked resigning Zach Gentry to the tight end. Yes. Now you don't go to worry about tight end. He's he's not a you know Pro Bowler, but between him and Frymuth and who, who, whatever Jabroni you know number three you get that that that'll be a good tight end room.
1: Wouldn't it be just so Steelers though for like pick thirty two or like forty nine to roll around and they take a tight end? Well, because he's the best player available.
0: I am not sure I am on record as predicting this yet, but I will be on my program. I think they will make one pick in their first three that totally beggars belief. Where you go, like, why did they do that?
1: Like drafting a strength or a perceived strength that they already have. Right, doubling down on something they don't need. Maybe it's the tight end spot, although I do think that the Zach Gentry signing means that they'll probably stay away from that. And I think it's a good thing that he's back. I think he's a good—double tight with him and Firemouth, I think, is the way it should go for the majority of the offense next year.
0: Now, we talked a little bit early about the Penguins' goaltending situation— how do you explain Kesbury is scoring seven goals in 14 games with St. Louis when he only had seven in 43 with Pittsburgh?
1: You keep saying on your show that it's just, you know... It was a wake-up call getting waived and then getting moved to St. Louis. and
0: Yeah, I, I said traded on the show. He got waived, which is even more of a wake-up call. <laughs>
1: so, yeah. So maybe he's getting this like little burst of, I'm almost on the way out of the league. I need to start producing. Yeah, He and got I...
0: refocused because of the shock of being waived. And,
1: and I really hope you're right, Mark.
0: He'll because... soon fade away and be back to underachieving.
1: I hope you're right, and, I- and you should be right. Because I can't do another player leaving the Penguins like that and then going on and exploding. Like uh, Jared McCann all over again. Well, funny you mentioned I've got a list here. Okay, nice. It we never, love lists.
0: It never rains, but it pours. Kapanen's doing okay with St. Louis. Erod has 14 goals with Colorado, which with our bottom six.
1: Would have been helpful.
0: Yep. Uh, McCann, as you said, has 35 goals with Seattle. Brandon Tanev has 15 goals with Seattle. And even Sam Lafferty has 11 goals with Toronto. And, you know, you talk about a guy that can play the speed game that Sullivan never gave a chance to, it's Sam Lafferty.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. The only guy on that list, though, that I really regret is McCann. Like, everyone else, you could obviously be like, yeah, it'd be nice to have, but no, I don't I don't really think can. it was
0: a big mistake, for example, letting Erod go.
1: Right, exactly. Or Tanev go. Like, whatever. You can find another Tanev.
0: I think it was a mistake letting Sam Lafferty go. Who'd they trade him for? Some I can't remember. Some bummy guy. But but point it's is probably to mean, get
1: Dominic Simone back.
0: He just about played for free. You <laughs> know what I mean. He was a cheapo and a penalty killer too.
1: Right. Uh, but with McCann, I mean his versatility and his goal scoring touch, like he could be perfect on the bottom six, and then when injuries happen to your top six, just seamlessly fills in on whatever wing he needs to. Malkin's, Crosby's.
0: Well, now that's it. Had you used McCann that way here, and they often did, he would not produce like he is in Seattle. You don't think so? No, no, because when you move a guy all over the lineup, from position to position, from line to line, he never gets the continuity to produce like that.
1: That's a good point. And in Seattle, he got the chance to just come in and kind of be the man because well, someone he, had to be the man. He's
0: William Carlson. Yeah. From, the, from Someone's
1: got to score these goals. The first
0: year for Vegas, he got, I think, 41 goals.
1: Hasn't been the same since, Yeah, right?
0: but he, he's okay. Right. But, but some guy on a team like that is going to have a year like that. And for Seattle this year, their second season, it's Jared McCann.
1: Yeah, and like I said it's not really fruitful to sit there and go, I wish we had Erod, I wish we had Tanev, I wish we had Lafferty, I wish we had McCann, but you said when it rains, it pours. It's just unbelievable that all of these guys pretty much go elsewhere and then seem to have better experiences than here. Kapanen can't last, though. I can't deal with it mentally if Kapanen goes on to have some like 20-goal season in St. Louis. And...
0: You know, his best year was his rookie year, uh, 20 goals.
1: Casper Kapanen? Yep.
0: He's a bum. I wouldn't sweat That's it. That's why
1: I think he's going to revert back to the norm.
0: Okay, it's time for good cop, bad cop. What do you got? All right, today's
1: good cop, bad cop are sequels. Very limited good cops because sequels are usually the not for as movies? good as movies. Yes, because movies they're not. Uh, good.
0: I, I, I. The good cop has to be Godfather too. That's
1: exactly what it
0: is. Yeah, because there's only it's the only good movie sequel ever made.
1: I would say the only good movie sequel that you care about that's ever been made.
0: Oh, okay. Tell me another one.
1: Empire Strikes Back, Star Wars. Widely. <laughs> that's what I just said. You don't care about that. But widely considered better than the first Star Wars movie. So there are movies like that that are better than the first one. But uh, Godfather 2 have is Have you the seen King. all the Star
0: Wars movies? Um,
1: so many times, Mark. Uh, you just suck. So many times I've seen the Star Wars movies. And all the offshoot TV shows and spinoffs. Oh, I love them. I can't If get I it thought off.
0: I could talk half hour by myself, I'd fire you right now. <laughs> oh, okay, but the Godfather 2... That That is tremendous. Here's the one thing where it's unique. It's arguably better than Godfather 1. I
1: think it probably is, in my opinion. De Niro as a young Vito, that's such a good story arc.
0: The only reason I think Godfather 1 was better, and, and you talk about, about young Vito with De Niro, but I don't think there was a storyline like the evolution of Michael Corleone from the war hero who wanted no part of the family business to the guy who took over the family business and was even more merciless than his father.
1: And you get that one shot of him in the chair when he's planning out. I forget what hit he's planning out, but you just like have the camera zoom in on him and it's like you can tell he's becoming the dawn of the family at that point. I I thought of actually another sequel that you'll think is better than the first one. Superman 2.
0: That's because I never saw Superman one.
1: I know I cheated on that one.
0: But no, no. But, but you know, with General Zod, you can make an argument there for sure. All right, ba- come, son of Jor El, kneel before Zod. I would yell that in wrestling on WCW, <laughs> random of, of nothing. You it's, know what I? Just, it's one of our just, bumpers yeah, just, on the show. It was, it was a standalone. Me just <laughs> yelling that.
1: Bad cop, and it's shocking how bad this sequel is compared to the original. Can you guess? You might be able to guess. Slap shot. No, but that's a good one. Sports movie too. Caddyshack too.
0: Okay, I'm going to slightly disagree.
1: You like Caddyshack, too. Didn't say I liked it. Okay.
0: It, it is uh, overrated in terms of how bad it is. Uh, if it would have been acted and directed and, I mean, okay, the storyline isn't terrible, even though it's the same storyline. Okay? Jackie Mason in that role wasn't terrible. Okay? At least it wasn't an exact copy of... Of, of Dangerfield's fields uh, Right. Well, no, now that you say it out loud, it's... it's. Uh, but, but let me tell you that, okay, it wasn't good. Okay, it wasn't good. <laughs>
1: it but, qualifies as a bad cop.
0: But let, let me tell you... um, Let me tell you who who likes Caddyshack, too. Mario Lemieux.
1: Better than Caddyshack? No. Okay, no. thank God. But,
0: but Mario Lemieux was quoted Caddyshack, too, apropos of nothing. As in, we, we were talking about some... Legal matter. This might have even been during, this might have been a reference to trying to get the new arena built. And Mario Lemieux said, Let me tell you about the Peter Blunt way of practicing law.
1: <laughs> so, so. Caddyshack, too. He probably likes it because they have that scene where, uh, Randy Quaid's playing the hockey player. Remember the one, the mini golf hole, and he's sitting on the bench, and then he jumps out and plays. That's goalie actually
0: the, one of the better scenes in the whole
1: entire movie. Now, now, but the disparity I'm, between the first one, which is comedic gold, one of the all time well, greats.
0: You see, the, the first one is one of my three favorite comedies yeah. ever. But you know, it has no storyline at all. It is right. a series you of connected vignettes. Okay, and the gopher connects them. They put the gopher back in, they shot the gopher afterwards, and Doug Kenny, the founding editor of National Lampoon Magazine, and the script writer, and I want to say producer for the movie,
1: yeah, I think so, uh,
0: hated the gopher being put back in, and some people think that if indeed him falling to his death off a cliff in Hawaii was a suicide, that that contributed to it. Seriously.
1: Because he didn't want the gopher in the movie. Well, and then it becomes such an iconic part of the movie. such a beloved part. The gopher. The dancing gopher.
0: Well, I want to get a word in for Slapshot 2 as well. Uh, break. was it called Breaking the Ice, I think?
1: That was with one of the Baldwin brothers, right?
0: With one of the Baldwin brothers, yes. And it was terrible, but somewhere in there was a good story that needed to have better people in it. It had a love story that was totally superfluous. Uh, the the love story in in Slapshot was between Paul Newman and Michael Onkeen and uh, whoever, uh, Lindsey Cross, who played, yeah. uh, is that who played... Uh, Lily Braden, you know, it was like it was like this perverted
1: The Triangle, the love triangle.
0: And it wasn't even really a love triangle. It was it was Paul Newman trying to steal his best player's <laughs> his wife, wife to anger him. You know, it yeah. just it just was uh you know, oh by the way, Lily's been staying at my place. We've been having a hell of a time. <laughs> but so you didn't need a love story in Slapshot 2, especially not one with any actual, you know, sincerity. And the idea of the Chiefs
1: did you see Slap too? I didn't see Slap too. Okay,
0: the, the storyline is there's like an all star hockey team that travels like the globe trotters.
1: Oh, I see where this is. And gone. it's owned
0: by you know who owns it? Oh. Gary Busey. Okay, <laughs> okay, and and the uh, I think it's Gary Busey. Uh, it's been so long since I saw it, but uh, but at any rate, uh, the Chiefs become the Washington Generals, right? To to Gary Busey's traveling all stars. And they get pissed off and decide to play for real and fight back.
1: It is Gary Busey.
0: Yeah, and the Hanson brothers rejoin them. They're the only originals back for the second movie.
1: There is a good movie. There, you're right. Yeah. It's got the they, bones they, they of a like good movie. They like
0: cleaned it up. It wasn't like filthy. Like the I, I forget if it was rated. Does your you, did you Google see what it's rated? It might have been PG, which is ridiculous.
1: Especially because back then, I don't think there was PG thirteen. And that was rated R. Slapshot okay. 2, Breaking the Ice was well, rated R. Well, let me
0: tell you, it wasn't nearly as R.
1: It was made in 2002 too. That's more recently than I thought it was.
0: But uh, but yeah, it it was not good. But had it been had it had better actors, have been directed better, and. Mostly not a Baldwin brother, it might have been pretty good.
1: Well, a big whiff like that is Major League Two, where you kind of see that it could have been a decent movie. It was the same pretty much well, as the first one. Well, that was PG 13. Right. They, they took they, the
0: profanity out they of they it. They took
1: it out of it, and Wesley Snipes not being in it hurts it so bad. And
0: they had the love story with Charlie Sheen, too.
1: Oh, that's right. They moved it to him instead of with Jake right, Taylor in this one.
0: Right. Because, because you know, it, it, was, it was either him and his. Hollywood agent who was super hot or the whole oh, school clean teacher cut clean yeah. yeah the school teacher the the school Marm you want to get some you want to get some whole-hearted uh good-hearted uh, uh f- draw me in there just involve a love story with a a school Marm well that's all there is there ain't no more this is the Mark Madden podcast on the Bet Rivers podcast Network bet now from anywhere catch new episodes of Mark Madden unfiltered every week available on the bet Rivers Network.